0: Let's pray over the Word. Father, tonight I thank You for Your Word. I thank You that Your Word is the answer to our lives. Lord, we come in this season. What a wonderful season it is to celebrate the Christ. Celebrate the fact that that God became a man. Thank You, Lord, that we can celebrate this evening with one another. Thank You for the good food. Thank You for the time we've had just in fellowship. We believe, Lord, we believe that this season is our season the season of the Christian, even though the world wants to cancel us, they will never cancel the Messiah. We give you thanks tonight for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 As you know, Christmas is about Jesus. That is what Christmas is about. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians 9.15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. This Christmas season, we need to spend time giving thanks to God for His unspeakable gift. The season of it is about God's gift to mankind. It's about God giving His only Son. That's what it's about. A lot of times we've forgotten about the real reason for Christmas. I wonder if we did a survey in this room tonight and asked how many people spent time today thinking about the gifts they still need to buy And how many people spent time thinking about the Christ of Christmas? We're not going to do that because I don't want anybody to embarrass themselves. I don't want to embarrass myself. I heard a story one time in December of 1903. After many attempts, the Wright brothers were successful in getting their flying machine off the ground. Thrilled, they telegraphed the message to their sister Catherine. And they said, we have actually flown 120 feet We will be home for Christmas. So Catherine hurried to the editor of the local newspaper, showed him the message. He glanced at it. and He said, well, how nice. The boys will be home for Christmas. (laughs) He totally missed the big news that man had flown 120 feet. Totally missed it. I'm going to encourage you, don't miss Christmas this year. Don't miss the celebration of the Christ. Too many Christians miss it every year. It becomes about something other than Jesus. The word unspeakable in that passage means indescribable. The gift that God gave to us is indescribable. It is too good to describe. There aren't words to describe it. God's gift is beyond description. Much attention, much much of our attention this time of the year is given about the wrong things I mean we we stress about gifts more than that we stress about the money we're going to spend on the gifts or how we're going to pay for them after Christmas when the credit card bill comes or whatever we do we stress about the food we stress about the relatives we stress about all these things surrounding Christmas when Christmas ought not to be a time of stress it ought to be a time of celebration I mean just thinking about going to the mall I mean, that gives some people high blood pressure, just a thought of having to walk in there and trying to buy some stuff. There's a lot of attention on Santa Claus. I mean, I used to be really angry at all the commercialism around Christmas. I mean, obviously, I work in retail, and there's a lot of commercialism, and a lot of people make a lot of money at Christmas. And even those Jewish people who who don't believe in Jesus in my industry, they provide all the wholesale stuff to us, and they all think about, you know, oh, how we love Jesus, because they know that Jesus is the reason to make all that money. And it's way too commercial. But here's the deal. Even the people who don't believe in Jesus, they have to take note of the day of Christmas. I mean, the stock market closes. Everything closes on Christmas Day. And so the whole world is affected by it. So I'm going to give you some advice about Christmas this year. Here it is. Slow down. Just slow down. Enjoy The moments. Be attentive to this moment. And don't be focused on what you have to do next. Slow it down. Wouldn't it be fun just to slow it down a little bit? But if I go slow, I can't get it all Yes, you can get it all done. Slow it down. Be in the moment tonight. Be in the moment tomorrow. Enjoy it instead of thinking about the next task or the next gift or the next thing you gotta perform or the next thing you have to pack for going out of town, slow it down. Just enjoy it. Don't haven't you just enjoyed tonight being together? Just looking at each other and laughing and talking, enjoying the moment, instead of worried about this or worried about that. We just need to enjoy tonight. And then when you get up tomorrow, enjoy tomorrow. Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow. He's not talking about not planning. But he's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. It will take care of itself. This Christmas season, just slow it down. Enjoy the moment. Be in the present and not in the future. First Samuel 2 verse 30 says, Them that honor me will I honor. They that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. This Christmas time, if we'll take the time to honor God, He will honor us. He will honor us. Jesus said, in Matthew, Mark, chapter four. He said, "Take heed what you hear. With what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and to you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath to him shall be given; he that hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he hath." What's he? What's he even talking about? He's referring to the fact if we will value and honor the Word. Pay attention to it. We'll receive more of the Word. In other words, we'll be honored by God. Those who fail to value it and always looking for the next thing, they'll lose what little they have and be lightly esteemed. We want the honor of God. Isaiah forty five fifteen says, Verily thou art a God that hidest himself. Hidest thyself, O God of Israel, the Savior. Who does he hide himself from, do you think? He hides himself from those who don't value him those who don't honor his word, those who honor him and will seek him, we will find him. He won't hide himself from us. This Christmas, I want us to find him. We have to have, we have to enjoy our traditions, but make sure, celebrate Jesus. I don't know what your traditions are. I know at my house, every Christmas Eve, we tell the Christmas story. I've told the Christmas story every Christmas for 40 some years. Today, my children, if they're not in town, we, 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 we video conference it and they do it with their kids and, and my grandkids. And we tell the Christmas story. One year, it's such a big deal to my children. One year, my, my, uh, my sons, most of you know who they are. They're the videographers. They videoed it for all posterity. You can go on Vimeo and find it and you can uh, probably YouTube and you can find my story of Christmas there because every year we value Jesus. We talk about him and talk about the reason we have this season and we enjoy one another. So here, let's listen to this passage of scripture. And it came to pass in those days there went a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Serenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea under the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. We read that passage of scripture every year at my house. Last year, I took... Three weeks and we talked about Christmas. We talked about things that aren't a part of the traditional Christmas story. And, and uh, I may do that again next year just because I didn't this year. We looked at why God called Mary and why, and we discovered that she wasn't just some poor, ignorant Jewish girl. We, we looked at Joseph and saw that he was a skilled craftsman. He wasn't a poor, unprepared partner with Mary in raising the son of God. We we talked about those things. We discovered why the Lamb of God was wrapped in swaddling clothes and why the angel appeared to specific shepherds and the message that he gave to them because he said, this will be a sign unto you. And it was to these specific shepherds. We talked about that. We saw the vast wealth presented to Jesus by the Magi who came from the East. And we talked about all those things last year. And many of you got a deeper revelation of what Christmas was. If I do it again next year, I'm going to add to it um, I'm going to add to it Simeon and Anna when they took Jesus and, and they, 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 they presented him in the temple. You'll find these are two amazing individuals that, that you never hear about at Christmas time, uh, And so we may do that next year. But this year, I'm going to take, because I, I, I'm going to do it in a short fashion, I'm going to take a few minutes to just present some fun historical information about Christmas and how it might apply to our modern celebration. I've called it Christmas trivia, this thing, even though there's nothing trivial about Christmas. The first Christmas morning was the most important day in the history of the world up to that point. After that was the most important day in the history of the world, and that's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. These are pivotal events that took place, and they really happened. But I just want us to have a little fun as I go forward. So let's ask this question. Was Jesus born on December the 25th of the year zero? You know, because they have A.D. A, a, and, and B.C. Jesus was probably born... In the month of September in 6 BC, according to historians, Pope Julius I authorized December the 25th to be celebrated as the birthday of Jesus in AD 353. So it's like, well, why do we celebrate it then? Maybe this is why. Jewish people and others have always considered considered the day of conception as the beginning of life, and and that's true. Thus a person's age was considered from the approximate day of conception. If Jesus was born in September, his day of conception was in what month, do you think? December. And since most believe that Jesus was born on Rosh Hashanah, which is the Jewish celebration of the new year, it would mean his conception would have been in late December, possibly December the 25th. So that's not such a bad day after all. The purpose is not to celebrate the baby. The purpose is to celebrate that God became a man. God's, God became a man so he could die for the sins of the world, and Jesus came to die for us. The purpose for Christmas so you and I could come into God's blessing while we're in this world and have heaven when we die. That's what Christmas is about. All right? The purpose of Christmas is the revelation of the Word of God. Now, I got up this morning and I realized it's 12 days to Christmas. Right? And then I started thinking about the song the 12 days of Christmas. And it's interesting, when I was a child, I thought that was a silly song to sing at Christmas time. I didn't understand anything about it, and it baffled me. I mean, what in the world do lords a-leaping have to do with Christmas? Or French hens, or swimming swans? Especially the partridge that won't come out of the pear tree. What does that have to do with Christmas? Well, sometime back I found out from... 1558 until 1829, the Roman Catholics in England were not permitted to to, uh, practice their faith openly. So sometime during that era, this carol was written as a catechism for young Catholics. So I'm going to explain it to you. Each element of the carol was code word for religious reality, which these kids could remember. This is going to help you sing this song. The partridge in a pear tree, the partridge was Jesus Christ. And the children knew that. Two turtle doves were the Old and the New Testaments. Three French hens stood for faith, hope, and love. The four calling birds were the four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The five golden rings recalled the Torah, or the law, the five first five books of the Old Testament. The six geese laying stood for the six days of creation. Seven swans of swimming represented the sevenfold gifts of the Heavenly Father, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, and giving. The eight maids of milking were the eight beatitudes. Nine ladies dancing were the nine fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. The ten lords a-leaping were the Ten Commandments. The eleven pipers piping stood for eleven faithful disciples. The twelve drummers drumming symbolized the twelve points of belief in the Apostles' Creed. So there you have some history about Christmas for today. See, you never even knew that, did you? You just thought it was a silly song. And now, now you know it's about something. I mean, I think it's enlightening that we know something about it. So, we want to make Christmas about the Christ. That song is all about the Christ. All right? So, I'm going to finish this in 15 minutes. Let's talk about Santa Claus for just a minute. It's already been 15 minutes. I've time you. Okay, well, I'm not going to make it 15 minutes. So, from somebody said start now, so I'm taking that. Now, Christmas has a lot about Santa Claus, right? I used to be mad at Santa Claus. I mean, Santa, you move the end from the middle to the end. What do you get? Satan. Satan. I used to think that. But then one time, I was at the mall, I think in Amarillo maybe, and I saw this statue of Santa bowing and offering a gift to the baby in the manger. And I thought, well, I wonder about that. So I began to do a little research. This is some time ago about Santa Claus. Where did all that come from? Listen to this. I'm just going to read it from what I did years ago. We've got to look at St. Nicholas. The story of Santa Claus begins with Nicholas, who was born during the 3rd century in the village of Patera. At the time, the area was Greek and is now on the southern coast of Turkey. His wealthy parents, who raised him to be a devout Christian, died in an epidemic while Nicholas was still young. Obeying Jesus' words to sell what you own and give the money to the poor, Nicholas used his whole inheritance to assist the needy, the sick, and the suffering. He dedicated his life to serving God and was made the bishop of Myra while he was still a young man. Bishop Nicholas became known throughout the land for his generosity to those in need, his love for children, his concern for sailors and ships. Under the Roman Emperor Diocletian, who ruthlessly persecuted Christian, Bishop Nicholas suffered for his faith, was exiled, and imprisoned. In those days, the prisons were so full of bishops, priests, and deacons that there was no room for murderers, thieves, and robbers. After he was released, this is interesting, he attended the Council of Nicaea in A.D. 325. And there... He was a fighter for biblical doctrines of the church when others wanted to stray. Hence, he signed the Nicene Creed. Do anybody know that? Santa Claus signed the Nicene Creed. Let me read the Nicene Creed to you. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And of all things visible and invisible and in one Lord Jesus Christ the only begotten Son of God begotten of his Father before all worlds God of God light of light and the very and very God of very God begotten not made being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made for us men and for our salvation came down for heaven was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made a man. He was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day He rose again according to the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven. He sitteth on the right hand of the Father. And He shall come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Lord, the Giver of life, who proceedeth from the Father and the Son, with the Father and the Son together, is worshiped and glorified, who spake by the prophets, and I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Now how would that be if Santa Claus came down your chimney and said that to your children right there? Man. Man. Catholic means universal in this passage. It's the universal church is what he's saying. He's not Stop talking Catholic. about the, the Roman Catholic church. Yes, he's not talking about the Roman Catholic Church. He's talking about the universal church. I mean, Santa Claus, Nicholas, was a man of God. Mm-hmm. He gave his life for the gospel. I heard a story of a poor man with three daughters. And in those days, a young woman's father had to offer prospective husbands something of value, a dowry for them. The larger the dowry, the better chance the young woman to find a good husband. Without a dowry, a woman was unlikely to marry. The poor man's daughters without dowries were therefore destined to be sold in slavery. Mysteriously, on three different occasions, a bag of gold appeared in their home providing the needed dowries. The bags of gold, tossed through an open window, were said to have landed in the stockings or shoes left before the fire to dry. That led to the custom of children hanging stockings eagerly, waiting for the gifts from St. Nicholas. And so, St. Nicholas was a gift giver. So I think it's important for us to realize that everything about Santa Claus isn't bad. He is not Jesus, he never will be, but he was a man who loved Jesus. And so this Christmas we have a celebration of the Christ. So we read Second Corinthians nine fifteen, thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. Matthew one twenty three says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Here's the Christmas story. Let this mind be when you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God hath highly exalted Him, and given Him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of things in heaven, of things in earth, and things under the earth, that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That is the Christmas story, that God became a man. He became one of us and died for our sins. He was resurrected from the dead. He was the firstborn from hell jesus he lives he prepares a place in heaven with him for eternity for each one of us that's what christmas is about so let me just say merry christmas amen let's pray father tonight we thank you for jesus we thank you that you god became a man and you took upon yourself our sin our punishment we thank you tonight that we can celebrate the christ the risen messiah Lord, I pray and I speak blessing on every person in this room, every person under the sound of my voice. We believe we receive it now in Jesus' name. Amen.